Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Cornhusker fans near and far. This is Todd Wolverton, once again, the substitute host of the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahachka, we need you to come back and write this ship sooner than later. I am joined this evening by the founder of Corn Nation, the one and only John Dam Johnston, the most elite individual that I know. John, it's hotter than hell down here in Lincoln, Nebraska today. I think it got up to 95 degrees. Fortunately, uh, I, my parents can't afford air conditioning. Uh, how are things up in Minneapolis? Well, I did a I did my two mile walk today, and it was uh, the AccuWeather real temps at 102. Ooh. So. So it, it was a little steamy. It's a little nasty up here too. Do you know what, you know, when I finally, the first time I ever downloaded the AccuWeather app to my phone was? I have no idea, John. I, yeah, it was uh, a few years ago. I think it was 2018 or th 2019. And I was at Minnesota's baseball, uh, Siebert Field. And apparently there's a rule in the Big Ten that you cannot play baseball unless AccuWeather's real temp is above like 32 or 34 or some damn thing. And Greg Sharp was in the, the tiny little closet that is the media room for the, the Gophers there. And uh, I can't, McLaughlin, Ben McLaughlin, I can't remember who was else was with him, but we were all sitting around and, uh, you know, it was just above the temperature to go play baseball. So I have absolutely gorgeous photos of Nebraska playing baseball in the snow because the flurries were coming down. So there's my AccuWeather story sponsored by AccuWeather. <laughs> well, it is, it is July in the Midwest and uh, it is not uncommon to have sweltering temperatures near and far during this time of the year. So it's just something that uh, we all get accustomed to. So anyway, um, John, there's been quite a bit happening recently. Um, I think as far as uh, Nebraska fans are concerned, let's, let's turn our attention to the Big Ten media days that were held recently, um, last couple of days, I guess, actually. Uh, you paid quite a bit of attention. What's, uh, what are a few takeaways uh, from the media days um, specific to Nebraska, but also just some general overview comments about the Big Ten? Well, I think Scott Frost did a damn good job. He got up and his introduction was 25 words or less. And then he went right to questions. And you could tell that he was he was kind of just uh, didn't want to say a lot at the beginning. He did say that he felt this was his ne best Nebraska team. And he's excited. I think he used the term excited 346 times between the introduction and the questions, he was excited for everything. He was excited to play football. He was excited about whatever position groups he talked about. He was excited. That's the coach I want. I yeah. want an excited coach. Yeah, so that's exactly. good that he was excited. I, I watched a number of other coaches. PJ Fleck was PJ Flecky. And uh, I swear to God, he literally died himself just to screw with all the photographer's white balance settings. I don't know if he was like trying to become like a, I, you know, Donald Trump, they always said orange man, but PJ Fleck had this weird shade about him that just, uh, I don't know. I can't remember anything he said about his football team. I was just thinking about 
how are those photographers going to get their white balance right looking at that son of a bitch? Anyway, uh, let's see. Who else did I watch? Mike Loxley got zero questions. How, how is that? I mean, I have no idea. You know, that you would think, you would think that there would be at least an individual that would at least throw him a bone. I mean, you know, that's not only embarrassing to Mike Loxley and the University of Maryland, that's embarrassing to the Big Ten. I mean, you have a team in your conference, one of the Power Five conferences, and you put a football coach up there and no one has any interest in asking that man a question about his football program. That is, you know, the, you know what the thing is, they have little kids asking questions. They have like junior journalists, apparently because they're going to brainwash these little kids that they should be journalists. So we actually have some. There'd be like 10 of them left kind of in the coming generation, you know, because nobody else is going to pay them and nobody else would be dumb enough to do that job for a living. But uh, they, apparently they didn't have one for him. Uh, who, who else did I watch? I watched oh. Tom Allen and there is something, Tom Allen disturbs me and I don't, I am not a hundred percent figured it out yet. Now, Andy Staples did an article about him being like Ted Lasso and he is this kind of, you know, projection of all the, uh, wait a minute. I just remembered Scott Frost did say one thing that could be semi-controversial. He did say, I don't do sloganeering, which I kind of wait. I, I love that term. I don't know if that's a real word, but I, you know, let's keep it around. So I don't do sloganeering. And if I got, if I got teams that, what do you say? If I got players that need a slogan to get motivated, they're on the wrong team. Huh? So screw you, people. You know, and Tom, Tom, uh, Tom Allen's, I think, big slogan is love each other, which is, you know, it's kind of like breathe air for a football coach. You know what I mean? It's nice. I get it. Tom Allen looked, he had, on the other hand, his introductory comments were honest to God, like a state of the union speech. And I, I swear to God, he was going to introduce a $3.5 trillion infrastructure plan that he was going to call Hoosiers over America. And, and I would have voted for him because uh, especially given the garbage we've had to vote for lately, I think Tom Allen would be a fine presidential candidate. Uh, he looked, he looks like he should be running a country, a governor of Indiana. I don't know, but he looks the part. He just disturbs me. It's just, you know, kind of the, the way he smiles. It's like, it's like he's going to say things to you while his men are coming in your house to get your wife and children. You know what I mean? <laughs> things will be like, love, love each other. <laughs> well, John, John, I do, I do want to inject something. You made reference to Ted Lasso. I do want, I do want our people to know that Ted Lasso does premiere as we are recording this uh, video, this podcast tonight, the second season. So, you know, um, we may move through this kind of quick so that we can get. I, I, I haven't finished the first one. I want to, I don't like to mash shows that I like all together because then the goodness is smashed all into, into a well, the like beauty. The beauty is, is that you can spread it out, but I did rewatch season one uh, this past week. So I'm, you know, back into it and, 
I'm ready for the premiere tonight. So, hey, there is a coach I would like you to comment about in the Big Ten that you haven't mentioned yet. What about our good old friend Brett Bielema? What did what did Bert have to say uh, now that he's back in in the Big Ten? Well, he looked very Bert-like, which is good to see. I mean, that guy just looks big. You know what I mean? I, he could have tiny little, uh, you know, like little girl legs, but from his shoulders to his head, everything looks just ginormous. And he also talked about Illinois and how they had 845 seniors and more seniors than anybody else in the nation and more returning seniors than anybody in the nation. And, uh, you know, that's otherwise I, I think that's pretty much what I got out of him talking. Well, it's, it'll be interesting to see what he can do at Illinois. Um, you know, there, there is one more Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker. I think uh, Nate in our Slack room said it best about Mel Tucker's comments is Mel Tucker at Big Ten Media Days was a coach actually trying to convince himself that they won't suck this season. <laughs> well, you know, I who knows again about Michigan State? It seems like they, from one year to the next, they're one of the more unpredictable teams in the conference. I guess uh, I didn't see Jim Harbaugh. I should have saw that. Uh, Scott Frost did. What do you say about vaccinations? Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty significant. He's He's made the comment recently that, you know, the best way to make sure that you're going to be able to play your whole schedule is to is to get vaccinated. He's, you know, he's he's made that comment, you know, in, in a different context as well. But I think that, um, you know, that's with the increasing incidence of this Delta variant and the way it's going in different parts of the country right now. Of course, in my home state of Iowa, they don't it's it's over. They don't even report. COVID stuff anymore. There is none. There is no COVID in Iowa, just so everybody is aware of that. But, um, you know, and, and I find that kind of interesting. Be yes, John? I wanted to say, before we get done with the Big Ten Media Day segment, I have to speak about Kevin Warren. Okay, yeah, I, I definitely want to hear about Kevin Warren. I'll just wrap this up real quick. But I think it's going to be interesting to see if, if um, if COVID, you know, continues to spread at the current rate into August, uh, what kind of an impact is that going to have on college football, if, if any? Um, I know that uh, I just heard today the Minnesota Vikings offensive line coach uh, was relieved of his of his coaching position because he refuses to get a vaccination. Uh, and the talking heads that I was listening to said he won't be the last NFL coach that will lose his job because they're refusing to get vaccinated. So anyway, yeah, you know, of course, John, you're, I, I understand, I think, I think your fan club card is number three for the Kevin Warren fan club. I, I think there were a couple that did, you know, cut off the back of the Pop-Tart box and filled out their little application form for the Kevin Warren fan club before you got yours sent in. But being the fan you are of Mr. Kevin Warren, the heir apparent to Jim Delaney, uh, what did you think of Kevin Warren's presentation and his comments? I thought Kevin Warren was very impressive. I mean, first of all, first of all, spoken like a true fan. Over his, he had to get over his agoraphobia to actually come out of his basement where he spent the pandemic examining his state spoon collection. 
and come to Indianapolis and be around people. So I think that that is a very big win for Kevin Warren. I think it's courageous. And what I saw was a man who was full of courage, speaking many words, but never actually answering a question. Now, if you want to be a commissioner, you should go watch Kevin Warren's talk at Big Ten Media Days, and that's how you be a commissioner. You have a lot of decisions to make, like what are we going to do about COVID protocols this season? And you say, well, we'll figure that out later. And except they, see how I we answered that? It was a really tiny short. His answers were like two or three minutes long and full of many words that reporters could write down so they didn't actually have to come up with their own words to write their articles. And I think that's very important because it helps Kevin Warren because he, during the question and answer session, it's a time set, it's a time limit. So if he has really long questions, he only gets two or three or really long answers. He only gets to answer three questions. Now, the reporters are good with that because like I said, he writes their articles for them. They don't have to think about it too much. And I was just gonna insult sports reporters, but I, how the hell with it? It's not like, God, you know what? I think Nebraska's media is actually mostly pretty decent, but my God, when you see these guys at Big Ten Media Days, you're wondering, thank God these people have a job in sports because if they didn't, they'd be homeless. I don't know what else they do. Well, Walmart. <laughs> I have to confess, John, when he says uh, in, in regard to possible COVID protocols, we'll figure it out later. Um, seems to me that that was kind of the same thing a year ago. Uh, we'll speaking figure it of, out. Speaking of a year ago, Kevin Warren was asked, what decisions would you make differently? And he said, none. I do all the same things over again, which is the sign of a guy who spent a pandemic looking at his state spoon collection, didn't think about <laughs> himself or what the fuck he was doing at all. There he's too, just honest to God, too freaking arrogant to stand up in front of people and come up with one thing and say, maybe, you know, I think I'd, I'd actually done like a weekly press conference where I'd have stood in front of people and said long answers to questions that don't really say anything. At least I'd have been visible. Well, it appears that, that he said that I wouldn't have changed the thing. Really? Nothing. It appears as if he's created a buffer for himself now, because if I understand it right, Barry Alvarez now has a role in the Big Ten Conference. He's kind of like a liaison for football or something like that. So, um, is that right? Yeah. So, um, you know what I think Barry Alvarez's role should be in the Big Ten office? Commissioner. Decision maker. That's what he, <laughs> Kevin Warren could be commissioner. He can stand up, look good in a tie. Talk for for hours without saying anything. That's what they do. He should never make any decisions. Is this where we segue into the next thing? Yeah, let's segue into the next thing. What's the next thing? It should terrify everyone who listens to this podcast or looks at this on YouTube that Kevin Warren is the current Big Ten commissioner given the realignment and the explosion that is going on right now in college football, because he has no business whatsoever negotiating or making decisions for this conference's future at all. Well, you know, John, and, and well, first of all, let me, as we start to dive into this, you know, I, 
I do want to just take a moment. This the background that I've chosen for today. It's not one of those Rorschach, you know, ink blot tests. Here, let me let me just give people a, a better view of. There you go. Now, if I get a fifth, if I get a flag and a fifteen-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct, I guess I'll just have to accept that. But you know. What what with the news that has emerged about Oklahoma and Texas being in conversation with the Southeastern Conference for the last six months about leaving the Big 12 high and dry and joining all the Bubba's down south in their in their little football party um, that <laughs> there's a lot that can be said about that. And, you know, that has been absolutely the hottest topic going in recent days. But let me let me say this before we kind of launch into this. Just a couple of quick things. Anybody that's going to get in bed with Texas is going to get fucked. And <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, because they destroyed the Southwestern Conference, which was basically Texas schools and Arkansas. They absolutely obliterated that conference. It financially went bust. Um, burn it to the ground. And then the powers that be in the big eight made the biggest mistake they could have ever made allowing those sons of bitches to come into the big eight conference and create the big 12. Because as soon as Texas got their foot in the door, as Texans are like to do, they asserted power and authority and uh, you know they they won't accept no. They cry. They're the they're the three year olds in the cereal aisle that throw tantrums when mom won't buy cocoa puffs. And over the course of those years in the Big Twelve, everything shifted to the South. And Texas made every other school in the Big Twelve conference except for the University of Nebraska. They made them their bitch. And look what has happened, you know. And I've got, I've got loyalties at Iowa State, and I got a lot of friends that Iowa State fans, and Iowa State fans that are the diehards, you know, they always jab me and say, you know, Nebraska running out on the Big Twelve, and you know, Nebraska taking the money and run. Nebraska made the right decision, and Iowa State fans now look at where you're at, because everybody pandered to Texas because everybody let Texas do the shit that they did. They have no one else to blame but themselves. Longhorn Network is a joke. And now the people are saying that the reason that Oklahoma and Texas are going to the Southeastern Conference is because the Big 12 can't, doesn't have a, a conference television contract. Well, that's because Texas didn't want the conference to have a television contract. They wanted their own. Yeah. So just like the Southwestern Conference laid to waste, burnt to the ground, Texas now is going to walk away and absolutely destroy the Big 12 Conference, putting everything in turmoil. So with that being said, John, I know that you are not a Texas fan, but you have some perspective that I'd like to hear and I think that our listeners would like to hear about where does this leave the Big Ten right now? 
Well, first of all, Todd, let me say that your background of the horns down symbol is is a very offensive to me. And I, I'm trying to get past it. <laughs> therapy, I, therapy, John. I did my breathing techniques. <sighs> so I guess, you know, I looked at this. What do you think is going to happen to Iowa State, Kansas State? And I don't know. TCU wasn't really ours. West Virginia really wasn't with us. But they, Texas isn't just destroying, uh, you know, ties for the Big 12. They're t destroying ties that were still in the Big 8. Kansas yeah. and Kansas State, they're probably not going to end up in the same place. So well, you, got, you got Oklahoma State down there, too, Texas Tech. And, you know, again, a lot of people are making the automatic assumption that the Big, that the big 10 needs to expand to go to 16 teams. You know, this magic number of 16, which – time you know the four super conferences adds up to 64 teams and blah 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 you know and we've seen a lot of people and i've expressed my thoughts about it too on who should go to the big 10 or who should the big 10 reach out to but then again does the big 10 really need to you know does the big 10 to be honest with you there's one school that should be an automatic for the big 10 conference and i don't think that they're going to get them and that's another dame no other university smells like, looks like, talks like a Big Ten school more so than Notre Dame. Their history is with the Big Ten Conference. However, they're aligned with the, the ACC. You know, they play five football games against ACC schools every year. Their other teams play in the ACC Conference. You know, who knows? But to be honest with you, Kevin Warren – Mr. Negotiator, leader of the Big Ten. They should move heaven and earth to try to convince Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. I don't think there's anything that can happen. And for God's sakes, they can't sell their soul like the Big Eight did to Texas to create the Big 12. You can't bend over and say, give it to me up the ass, Notre Dame. But <laughs> certainly. Wow. Okay. I can't what believe I just said that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and I, that's usually my talk, Todd. Now I, I feel like I have But, but I, th uh, I think you got to go after I think you need to make every effort to go after Notre Dame. What about Kansas? You know, people always, you know, they think, what, what's KU got? They got a, they're a top five basketball program. They're one of the true blue bloods. Does the Big Ten need Kansas to, to strengthen their basketball as the basketball in this conference, absolutely not. Kansas does not add anything to the Big Ten conference. Uh, you know, it, okay. So I've got a bias with Iowa State. You line Kansas up against Iowa State, and Iowa State beats them in everything except men's basketball. And Iowa State has played nose to nose with Kansas over the last few years in the Big Twelve in basketball. That's not you know this last year certainly not. But, um, you know, here's, the, here's another problem, though. The Big Ten Conference requires that uh, their colleges, that each college, I think, has 20 or 21 sports. And you have to have at least seven men's sports. KU has six. Iowa State has six. That's a little bit problematic. Um, you know, while I think, you know, it'd be I don't want to see Iowa State left out in the cold. Iowa State has six men's sports. They do not play baseball. 
Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if if that's a, a non-starter for them. Um, I did read today KU could separate out their track, I guess, into indoor and outdoor track. Someone said that. But I, I don't know. How is that attractive? How is it attractive to have KU join the Big Ten? I don't, I guess, I don't see you know, it. I think if you're going to join the Big Ten, you got to bring some money to the table. You know, everybody, well, quotes, the, the, the Big Ten blue bed, whatever, the, the, the guys have been around for 100 years. Uh, you know, they look at us as Nebraska. Hell, they look at Penn State sometimes and wonder why they're the member of the Big Ten. You know, and then they look at us and they say the same thing. And then they really look at Maryland and Rutgers. But Maryland Rutgers did bring TV sets. Yeah. You know, whether or not you want to bitch about that or not, they did bring, you know, additional money for BTN. So anybody else that I think bring you bring in can't dilute the payout that everybody gets. But I, I think, you know, when you when you think big picture before Oklahoma and Texas decide they're going to bolt to the SEC, if in fact that eventually happens, you know, who who does bring money and TV sets to the Big Ten Conference? Well, Texas and Oklahoma would. But yeah. outside of them, who else does? Now, I toss this out. I'm not sure that that this would be uh is going to bring any more, but what about army and Navy? How about army and Navy? Bring them into the big 10 conference. Academically, they fit the profile. What about LSU? (laughs) Wouldn't it be fun to go to LSU? We could go to a conference game at tiger stadium. I mean, the hell with this academics crap. Let's get somebody fun. Texas A&M will be so pissed off at this, they'll want to join the Big Ten. <laughs> that would not surprise me. That would not surprise me if Texas A&M just doesn't say, screw this crap, we're going to the Big Ten. I, I, that would not shock me at all. And I am also, to- you know what, I have been checking Twitter endlessly tonight for the news that, I don't know, maybe some Oklahoma State frat boys that get drunk and just go over and start fires at Oklahoma University. I mean, that's what they would have done 80 years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, when we're all told that everybody was all calm and gentle, genteel and stuff. They would have burned shit down, beat people up. Well, outside of a few years when Mac, or when Mac Brown was at his peak, when has Texas been worth a shit in football anyway? They um, haven't been. They are in their own minds, Todd. We, you can't, you have to be we're, we're, you know, if you go too far in that conversations, you're, you're, you risk the thought that if somebody from Texas listens to that, that they might have a mental breakdown when they finally realize the truth, that they, they're not back. They're not going to be back. I know what you'd say if you're a Texas guy, well, Nebraska sucks. <clears throat> yeah, we do suck. You guys haven't done any better than we have since we've been separated. Yeah. Maybe we're tied together by some bizarre cult thing. I don't know. They, you know, we're not the ones that go walking around like we own the fucking earth either. Stomping no. the shit out of everybody else. And we should why not forget about everything. We're picking on Texas. We should give equal time to trashing Oklahoma. Well, I, I agree with that. But I really, 
I don't know what to say about Oklahoma, to be quite honest with you, other than they're other than they're destroying a conference that they were not only I mean, they were, I think, a founding member of the Big Eight Conference. I don't know that for sure. I'm not sure if they were there in the Big Six, but I think that they were, you know, somebody can fact check that, but they're, they're really, they're really crapping on institutions that they've been partnered with for decades. And that, that's, uh, that's a sad day, in my opinion. Um, I think that Oklahoma, I, I still don't agree with some of the motives that I hear, you know, where the expanded playoff is what has really kick-started this. And, you know, Oklahoma thinks that, well, if they're in the SEC, you know, they can get in pretty pretty much every year, even if they don't win the conference, because there's going to be four, five, six SEC schools get into the playoffs. Um, so they, you know, plus you take the money that the SEC is going to bring in and add that to their coffers, and they're going to be sitting in a much better position. I did hear today, um, right before I got home from running some errands, that the buyout for Texas and Oklahoma to the Big 12 Conference is $76 million each. That's what they're going to have to pay the Big 12 to leave the conference. Um, it's a pretty good chunk of change, John. Yeah, but you know, the numbers that we throw around anymore. I mean, earlier I talked about Tom Allen's $3.5 trillion infrastructure plan. You know, now you look at $76 million, it's like somebody's just going to poop that tomorrow. I don't know. It, it is a lot, but, you know, Texas and Oklahoma have said that they're willing to wait out rather than pay that stuff, which really means that they hope the Big 12 falls apart so everybody just leaves and they don't have to pay anybody anything. But uh, I frankly would like to see Oklahoma and, and Texas drag out the next three years as a member of the, the big crapping 12 and have, you know, you'd like to think that the big 12 office would treat them like they did us our last year in the conference, but they're not going to, they're too built on sucking up to Texas. And uh, you know, they wouldn't be calling 16 penalties on them when they were playing Baylor they'd be calling, they'd be, oh, the horn down is a personal foul. You offended them, Texas boys. Well, I think, I tell you what, for, for those teams, and I don't know that it would be the, you know, be that big a deal in football, but for them to have to walk into some of those gymnasiums and play basketball in the winter, I'll tell you what, either one of them walks into Hilton Coliseum and that crowd at Iowa State will be ruthless absolutely ruthless on the player. I mean, it, it, you know, to be quite honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if in some venues it just got to be, it got out of hand and, you know, some pretty severe steps. Ugly things would happen. Ugly things could happen. You know, down at Texas Tech, you don't think that, uh, the uh, oh, what do they call their baseball? Uh, oh, they. The, the Texas Tech, the Tech Hecklers? Yeah, the Tech yeah. Hecklers. You don't think that that could get out of hand? Um, it could get out of hand. So It could, but you know who's not affected by it? People who are extremely wealthy boosters at Texas who won't allow themselves to be seen with regular people, and they won't have to deal with that shit directly. 
Yeah, which is so, why this shit happens, which is why everything happens like this. Apparently, the SEC was in negotiations for six months, but didn't tell Texas A&M. Yeah, how does that work? I have <laughs> no idea how you do that. If Honest you, to God, this you, if you're Texas A&M and you find that out, I would be talking to Kevin Warren. I would be calling Barry Alvarez and saying, we're getting the fuck out of this conference one way or another. I agree. Texas I, A&M has oil guys just like Texas does. Texas A&M has the same amount of money. Well, they don't have the highest revenue in the nation, which Texas does, but they have a lot of clout. And I would personally, I think it'd be neat to play Texas A&M. I think it'd be awesome to get Texas A&M back in because if nothing else, that would open that state back up to recruiting. And Nebraska Nebraska generally recruited well down in Texas. Um, Because let's face it. Texas going into the SEC with a football program that's been con- trying to come back the same we have, they're not going to do well in the AC- in this SEC. They're not going 10 and 2 in conference. They're going to no. get the shit stomped out of them and wonder why it happened. So 10 years from now, all those, all those Texas X's or whatever the hell they call themselves are going to be wondering why they did this. Well, there is a school of thought that Texas will, before it's all said and done, that Texas will end up as an independent. Okay. They probably belong there. Well, they probably do. What will happen to Oklahoma if that happens? I don't know. You know what? And it really bothers me. It bothers me that we still look at Oklahoma with some kind of romanticism because, you know, it's one thing to tag along with Texas. Well, they no, it is. That's the thing. You're tagging along with the. It, it'd be like. <laughs> it'd be like being a henchman for the boss. You know, you're going out and pulling the trigger just as much as your boss is, but yeah. you're not getting blamed for it because your boss is a bigger asshole than you. <laughs> all that's going on here, where yeah. Oklahoma is just as guilty of this shit as Texas is. Right. So screw you, sooner bastards. Well, you know, there might be some, you know, back uh, when all this was stirred up before, um, there was a legislator in Oklahoma that popped up and, and uh, you know, they, they, there's no legal authority uh, in the code of the state of Oklahoma that forbids Oklahoma to join a different conference in Oklahoma State. But... Um, there's got to be some Oklahoma State um, alums. That, you know, there, there, there could be a law passed that the two have to play each other. They could. They did that in Florida. Well, they said that um, one, one person I was listening to said that Oklahoma State could be appeased if there were, if there were guarantees that, they, that bedlam would take place in all of the sports, that they would continue to play each other in all sports. Um. Because you know as well as I do, that's a huge, huge money maker in Stillwater. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not doing enough. I told you so. <laughs> well, I I tell you what, anybody that thought that Nebraska, Missouri, Colorado. Anybody that thought that they just took off because of the money. Um, And that's what everybody thought. I mean, that's what the other fans in the Big 12 thought. 
it was just a big money grab. No, it wasn't. It was because no one can trust Texas. Texas is going to stab you in the back. They don't even stab you in the back. They stab you in the front. And uh, anybody who thought that things were going to be better after those three schools left was sadly mistaken. Um, you know, Texas A&M getting out of there, um, that, that should be indicative of just how bad it is to have to, to live with Texas. Um, Texas A&M, you know, I, I understand that Texas has reached out to try to rekindle uh, their series playing football against each other. And Texas A&M says we have absolutely no interest in playing Texas at all. So. Wow. Well, there's a, that's a level of hate we don't get. No, we don't quite understand that. I would do more. I told you so, but I, you know, I, I like the guy, Kansas state's uh, you know, their site. I still remember the guy I worked with there and I, I like those guys, you know, Kansas, Iowa state. I, you know, I wish the best for them. And I think it really looks like shit right now. So yeah, I don't really want to rub this in their faces because it's gotta be painful. Well, I, I, again, I don't want to rub it in anybody's faces either from the perspective of what the hell is going to happen to those to those schools and you know then it goes i mean when you look at iowa state for example you can put iowa state can put their facilities up against almost anyone right now um across the board they have invested capital in their programs there over the last 10 years that is unprecedented now they're banking a lot on Matt Campbell being able to sustain success at Iowa State and whether he's going to be able to do that or not, who knows. But right. now, now, if Iowa State ends up in some kind of a, in the MAC, or if Iowa State, if the, if the remaining schools in the Big 8 or the Big 12 stick together, maybe add Houston, SMU, um, you know, maybe add some schools like that. Um, they're no longer a power five conference. Um, and shit, they don't have a television contract, you know, that's yeah. worth a damn. Uh, and, and so how is Bob Bowlesby going to negotiate television money for a conference that doesn't have an Oklahoma or a Texas? Iowa State is going to be your flag bearer for your conference. TCU, you know, the, the, that's, that's not good. That is not good. You know, the Northwestern site pointed out today, our Northwestern site, Inside NU, pointed out today that they would love to have Kansas State join the Big Ten. Now imagine those football games. Two, Two purple Wildcats. Two purple Wildcats, both teams built for rock fighting, rock fighting each other through a football game. Huh? In the 1980s. God had a sense of humor this would happen. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, 
kind of crazy. Well, John, I think we've kind of beat this horse. You know, there's, there is another major sporting event going on right now. Um, little event they call the Olympics. Um, you know, I, I guess uh, I don't have Olympic fever like I normally would. However, I did this morning. I watched the opening ceremonies live this morning. Um, they're being rebroadcast right now. But I have to say that um, once the athletes started parading into the arena, the stadium, um, you know, the torch lighting, uh, all of that stuff, you know, I got emotional. I got emotional like I do every time I watch the Olympics. You know, it, apparently you don't have to have 65, 70,000 people in the stadium uh, to generate those kinds of feelings. Um, I had, and, and I don't want to take this too far down the road because we do try to avoid political stuff, um, but I felt a sense of patriotism for the first time, a pride in this country when I saw, you know, U.S. athletes walking in there in their Ralph Lauren uniforms, but waving, waving the American flag. And it was good to see the American flag being waved and, and, and uh, pride, I guess, pride. So, um, you know, that, that, that's really good news, Todd. You know why? I thought I'd lost you to communism. I really thought, oh, my God. After this, after the, after we're done here, I'm going to have to call the NSA and ask them to remove you from the list. I'd ask them to put you on, but it's nice to say that you have some patriotism for the good, for the country we live in, the country that's all about freedom, loves freedom so much they want to give it to everybody else, along with billions of dollars, all of the time. Well, John, um, yeah. If you could get me off the list, I would appreciate that. That, that would be very kind of you. Um, my neighbors, I think my neighbors would appreciate that as well. You know, uh, that does explain a few things around the house, I guess. <laughs> I, oh, Dad, when you look at your wireless and it says FBI monitoring van or... <laughs> yeah, that and the fact that there have been a lot more helicopters flying over our place than there than there was before. That. Kind of has. I'm glad to Google Maps, and I'll remove that thing I put on there that says Kami Todd's house. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, here's the thing that about the Olympics, you know, is that there there is you know nobody or very few people that I associate with, and I'm going to guess very few people that pay any attention to coordination and and this podcast. None of us are we avidly watch the majority of these sports that are going to be contested over the next 17 days. But, you know, you, you, you put a flag on it and you got a rooting interest. So whether it's team handball or skateboarding, uh, if there's an American that's out there competing, you get fired up, you get excited and and you want to see him succeed. Um and, you know, in the last few years, the United States has, has dominated in a lot of respects in most of the Olympics and the medal counts, uh, at least the Summer Olympics. Um, but it'll be, I don't know, I, I guess I'm, I'm enamored by 
that incredible, incredible gymnast, Simone Biles, um, she is of another world. And um, I'm, she didn't perform the best in the Olympic trials, uh, but I'll bet you that young lady is gonna be on point uh, during the Olympics. And she, she may do some things that humanity never sees again from flesh and, flesh and blood. You know, it, it, that's possible. Well, the U.S. women's soccer team lost to Sweden three to nothing. Yeah. The men's basketball team has lost two exhibition games. So it could yeah. be a very interesting Olympics. It could be a very interesting Olympics. Um, you know, uh, and and there's always those unknowns, you know, those those stories that pop up. And, you know, the <laughs> we're fortunate, you know, living in the mid, well, at least I guess I am living in Iowa and Nebraska that, you know, the Olympic swim trials were in Omaha. And so Katie Ledecky's name, you know, has been bannered about in the last month and a half. Um, and what an incredible, marvelous athlete she is. And so once again, you know, uh, Americans are going to be watching swimming because Americans do well in swimming. And Katie Ledecky, you know, I guarantee you she's going to win some gold medals again. And, and the, you know, that American pride is going to swell. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch as much of it as I possibly can. Um, and uh, I'll cheer for, you know, some of those little dinky, you know, I was surprised, you know, when I was watching the opening ceremonies, uh, when they kind of talk about each country. Now, there's still a hell of a lot of nations. Well, there's over 200 nations that are in this thing, over 200. There's still a hell of a lot of them that have never won a medal. And they were talking about how Honduras has never won. They've been competing in the Olympics since like 1946 or something like that. And they've never won a medal. And in the last Olympics, their men's soccer team got beat in the bronze medal match. So they were that close. Well, their soccer team didn't even qualify this time. But, you know, that's got to be, you know, think about it. When, when a country wins its first Olympic medal, that's got to be just absolutely incredible for that athlete and for that nation. You'd be a hero forever. Forever. They put your picture on money. They put your picture <laughs> on money when those kinds of things happen in those countries. Yeah. You bet. That was one of my goals in life that's still active. To have your picture on money? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, a little, give it a little time, John, a little more time. I think you got the potential of a little ponytail in the back. You pull the glasses off, get rid of the, the, the whiskers. Yeah, maybe a little George Washington look there, John. You might have the father of the country. It could be there. My other goal was to have a mental illness named after me. Which one do you think I'm closer to? <laughs> I'm afraid if I answered that honestly, that could have an impact on your mental illness, on your mental health. I might not call the NSA then. <laughs> Are we done? John, I think we're done. I'm yeah. done. I'm kind of fried. Are you? So I am. Yeah. It's hard being angry at Texas. Oh, I can keep I can keep Texas hate up for a long, long time. <sighs> uh. Okay, do the sign off. 
Well, John, hey, it's been great chatting with you tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for this evening's episode of the Five Heart Podcast, where five hearts are all the heart you need. And boy, did I butcher that, Greg. I apologize. So this is Todd Overton signing off. John? GBR, which for the Olympics is Great Britain and not Go Big Red for hashtag. Did you know that? I knew that. Okay. I knew that. We had to get it in there. I forgot to get it in there early. So is that GGBR Go Great Britain? It's Great Britain. Great Apparently Britain. they don't ever say go. Okay. Go Big okay, Britain. Good night. Good night.